When he was speaking to residents at a town hall meeting last week, New York Mayor Eric Adams admitted he doesn't see a solution to the migrant crisis and its impact on our city, and he criticized the lack of help from President Biden. He created something of a firestorm when he warned that the crisis will destroy the city unless there's urgent action. Joining us now to discuss the situation is immigration expert Leonardo Fritas, chairman and managing director at Heyman Woodward Law Firm, LLP. Uh, the issue is uh, it's not one that can be solved with a magic wand. Uh, I believe that there's uh, several com- complex aspects about this that uh, a lot of people are not taking into consideration, May Adams included. Uh, when we talk about a migrant crisis, we're not only involving issues that have to do with border protection and the, uh, the, the issues of immigration. We're talking about also a humanitarian issue, which is, you know, in this case, uh, it's also covered by uh, some other agencies within the Department of Homeland Security, such as FEMA. And this is also uh, one of the most uh, stressful situations right now as we are dealing uh, with other calamities within the country, such as, you know, the fires that broke out in, in Maui and, uh, and, and other, uh, you know, disaster areas. But the issue at hand in New York City also puts a dramatic strain on the residents. As a former New Yorker myself, I can understand how residents are feeling right now uh, with this uh, massive influx of migrants. The city does not have the, ca- the, the, the capability uh, or infrastructure to hold this any longer. And I personally believe that it's not going to be, uh, you know, 12 million or 12 billion or any uh, uh, major aspect of uh, investment that will uh, improve this situation just because of a sheer issue of space. Uh, where New York City does not allow uh, for that kind of uh, growth uh, as fast. The, the city does not have that kind of planning uh, uh, on on its books. It's just it's not possible. Well, although it's been required by law for decades, hasn't New York City struggled to provide adequate housing and services to these immigrants? Uh, what are some of the other services that are generally provided? Other than well, you know. Yes, uh, to answer your uh, your question, yes, uh, it is it is required um, by law, but it also uh, we have to talk about you know, some of the other issues that are uh, happening in, in different we aspects. We have the time. Well, uh, very well. Uh, the let's talk about then you know uh, infrastructure in terms of uh, you know. Uh, Homeless shelters, you know, okay, homeless shelters. So in, roughly 60,000 now occupy beds in traditional city shelters and in more than 200 emergency sites. And, and of, the, of course, I added to that 20,000 migrant children have begun attending New York City schools. Yeah. And, uh, and the issue with that is that, you know, not many of them. Uh, have already obtained work authorization because it does take some time for the Department of Homeland Security for USCIS to process those uh, work authorizations for those migrants arriving who are filing for for asylum uh, for that in that, in that matter. So that takes some time, and then until these uh, individuals are able to find gainful employment uh, and with proper work authorizations and be able to pay taxes and uh, contribute to that part of uh, of the tab that also it, it puts a strain on 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 the other aspects of infrastructure. But yeah, that is it is absolutely uh, something that you know if we if the Department of Homeland Security was able to process these work authorizations faster, I would say that you know it would solve most of the problems in, from from the beginning because then you have people with gainful employment they will be able to. Uh, file, you know, uh, file taxes. They'll be able to obtain, uh, you know, uh, payroll pr- uh, proof that will be able to get paid, uh, pay stuff so they can uh, rent uh, uh, appropriate housing for them and then not be, uh, you know, burning shelters and, and whatnot. So, yes, and for that matter, the Department of Homeland Security is at, is, uh, at fault in this particular uh, uh, instance. And, and we see this every day. We got phone calls. Uh, here at a firm 
uh, every day from migrants arriving uh, uh, at the border, migrants arriving in New York City, and also, you know, in, play, in other places like, you know, Chicago as well, which is beginning to see its share of... Uh, Northern uh, cities. I'm sorry? Mostly northern cities. Yes, yeah. Exactly. How how long does the process for work authorization generally take? Prior to to the pandemic, uh, we were seeing, uh, on average, uh, no more than 90 days for work authorization to be processed. But we did did see a a dramatic increase in processing times upwards of one year uh, since since the, uh, the pandemic hit. And then when the former administration uh, did dismantle quite a bit of the uh, immigration um, uh, infrastructure uh, put in place, uh, I would say that, uh, you know, Director Jadal right now in uh, USCIS is having a very much of a hard time uh, trying to rebuild that uh, up until today. I mean, there this is a we have to remember that USCIS is a, almost a self-funding agency. It doesn't re- rely a lot on uh, on budgets uh, set aside by Congress. So it's it basically it's 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 basically it lives off uh, the fees that it charges. And these migrants, for the most part, they do not uh, they they are fee waiver based petitions. And those uh, in that in that sense, so basically it does not have. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, financial flow to the agency to allow for this processing to be faster. Are there enough jobs available to satisfy this incredible influx? That is a that's definitely a question for the Department of Labor. I do not see that possibility just by looking at the, you know, uh, uh, looking at the sheer scope of, of the types of uh, migrants that we see. But I say that. There is a percentage of migrants there that would be able to uh, come to the United States legally because there are uh, green cards available for individuals that have advanced degrees or they have uh, 10 years work experience, you know, uh, and that they can self-petition for themselves, you know, such as the uh, EB2 National Interest Waiver Green Card, which you can, you do not need a job offer to petition for those types of green cards. You can petition for your for your own self and basically have a uh and apply for that green cards and then usually you know it's a process that takes um you know anywhere between one to two years and that's usually available throughout the year and it, so it, a lot of these these migrants also are coming in through through this route because they lack the information that uh uh there are lawful ways to enter the US uh, available to them because Where are they, they coming you know, from generally. What what are their home countries? Uh, they used you, to be Mexicans, uh, but that's less so now. No, less so now. You see a lot of the you know the, the Nordic Triangle. There'll be Honduras, uh, uh, Nicaragua, Guatemala. Uh, you see uh, uh, some from Colombia, from Venezuela, fleeing you know the you know horrible dictatorship there, and. Even some from my native country of Brazil, uh, people have, have, you know, walking all the way from Brazil at the southern point of, of the, of the, of the, uh, the Americas all the way up to, to the United States border to, uh, to claim, uh, you know, to claim asylum. Uh, and, and that's, that's something that we, we haven't seen, uh, happen in, in this massive scale, but in a long time, but it, you know, it is happening now. So, it's got, and you also see people coming from India, from China, from uh, from Bangladesh, from uh, from Ukraine, uh, in uh, arriving at the border. You know, arriving straight at the border. So this is um, something that we haven't seen uh, before. You know. Well, as you mentioned earlier, the mayor pointed to new projections that the assistance could cost the city nearly twelve billion dollars over the next three years. Um, and he has come up with some pretty uh, shocking suggestions. Uh, informed agency heads that they must slash their budgets by 15% by next week to compensate for those increasing asylum seeker costs. Yeah, and that caused him to to do an emotional, you know, play in front of cameras, which is quite atypical for political figures to be, you know, to get 
this sensitive about these issues. But the fact of the matter remains, you know, there are, uh, there are funds available for this. It just needs to be set aside, uh, for, uh, for this type of humanitarian crisis. This is, in fact, a humanitarian crisis, and it needs to be treated as, su- as such by both federal and also state and local officials. So you if won't this- be slashing the budgets of our fire departments, our police departments, et cetera? Yeah, there, yes, because uh, there are there are a number of, uh, of earmarked uh, uh, monies for this type of uh, crisis, and it, there, there are. Uh, it's just that it needs to be... Uh, it needs to be released from the from the federal government to uh you know it trickles down to the to the local agencies but they you know and and most recently uh you know uh, president biden has sent out uh, an envoy to meet with uh, mayor adams and uh, uh unfortunately those talks uh, didn't amount to much as we all uh anticipated it was it was going to be uh but the re- the fact of the fact of the matter remains truly that uh, the, you know the federal government does need to release uh, funding so that it can actually start assisting people and uh, on the ground and 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 also uh, relocation to other other places uh, outside of New York City because you know quite frankly I do not see uh, a feasible solution for every person that is showing up in, in New York City in busloads. That it's gonna, they're gonna be able to find gainful employment, uh, because of skill set. And some, some of them will be able to find, uh, gainful employment in other places around the country, but not necessarily, uh, uh, where there's a need that matches the skill set, uh, of these individuals. My guest on today's Leonard Lopez at Large is Leonardo Fritas, and we are talking about the current immigration crisis in New York City. This is WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, and streaming live at WBAI.org. And uh, somewhere in the near future, we will be inviting listener call-ins. If you want to join this conversation, because many people are affected or concerned, our phone number here is 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. Uh, the, uh, there are all the, the temporary housing right now. Uh, housing has become the big issue, especially where tent cities are being erected. And there have been protests in some of those areas. Yes, and some of the, you know, a big, uh, you know, controversy about this. It's, it's, it, there's a decision by Mayor Adams that, you know, transforming like historic hotels into my, into migrant shelters and, Considered even using the notorious MCC prison for housing. That's something that it's, it's really, it's going to strike a nerve in a lot of the support, uh, groups that are, um, that are dealing with this crisis. I think it's, uh, probably not going to bode well. Uh, and, uh, and obviously there's, you know, uh, there's a tension between the, the city's legal obligation to shelter migrants and the, and the public backlash about this, you know. So there's definitely something to, to be said about this. And have uh, some people been sleeping on the streets be, despite the bad weather? Yeah, yes. Uh, and the, you know, uh, and uh, Williams uh, Eisen, uh, you know, that said about the number of migrants uh in homeless shelters, over half of the total of them, uh, and is you know, had, had, you know, they they have to such an overflow that you see a lot of people sleeping on the streets, and and the weather's you know we are approaching winter time now, uh, very fast, and uh, I'm currently in D.C. right now, and just today I'm already feeling you know the the weather cooling down. And it's going to cool faster and faster. And, th- and this problem is, does not have an end in sight, which is also atypical for politicians to say that they do not have a end, uh, in sight of, of a, a potential crisis that, you know, uh, that, that it will uh, be able to solve. So this is, uh, really a cry for help, uh, for, uh, a number of agencies and, and sub agencies of this, uh, humanitarian crisis. 
Well, what's been the reaction to what the mayor said from city lawmakers and agency commissioners? Um, in spite of what the, uh, uh, I would say, for lack of a better word, uh, the party line, I would say, for that to to uh, keep blaming the federal government and not not trying to find other solutions as well in the meantime until that issue with the federal government releasing the budget uh, is actually resolved, which, in my personal opinion, there is an end in sight to that particular aspect of it. It's just a matter of, uh, of uh, negotiations and politics, but there is obviously uh, an end result of that. Until that that is that is set in, in motion and it, things are in place, there are some other alternative solutions that can be uh, uh, put in place, such as you know um, managing the expectations of these migrants at the border uh, with collaboration with other states, yeah, so that but Florida might... and Texas have not been cooperating. Correct, correct. But there are but there are a number of. Uh, there are a number of uh, um, NGOs that have been placed at the border to educate uh, those arriving to be able to tell them, listen, you you can find an alternative route going somewhere else within the United States while you're waiting for your uh, note. Well, since you've gotten your notice to appear before an immigration court and you need to wait for your for your immigration hearing date to be set. And that can take. You know, it's taking right now since the there's a huge backlog, and you, we're seeing appointments for notices to appear upwards of 2026. Now, 2027 already showing the calendar. So, we're looking at you know uh, individuals and families uh, being on a waiting period for you know more than a year. We'll get back to this in just a moment, but I thought that I would uh, put one of the callers on. Again, our number is 212-209-2877 if you want to join this conversation. BAI, you're on the air. Hi, is that me? You. Oh, good afternoon. Go ahead. Uh, this is Antonio calling from Riverdale. Um, like a few other of the crises in the last couple of years, the climate being one, the COVID being the other, that's just the name two. This is another crisis. Uh, none of this is happening, in my opinion, with these people being allowed in unless there's some sort of power structure reason that to have these people. One of them is to have cheap labor, I would imagine. I don't think they're doing Wait, this to Can I interrupt people. you for a second? Yeah. What is your family background? How, how did your ancestors come here? They came here with a suitcase after the war. Cheap labor, right? With some cheese in the suitcase to bribe people if you needed to. And it was cheap labor, yeah. So uh, this is nothing new. This nothing is kind new of the to history me. of the United States. This is a little different, though. A little bit different. Uh, you know, we're talking 30, 40 years later, technology. Uh, the, the only thing that's different in a big way is that the population of the world has changed. These, these countries just keep having children who they can't afford to feed. You know, there's a comedian who got a lot of traction in the 70s with a television appearance and said, you know, I'm not going to send any more money to people who are supposedly starving. I'm going to send them U-Hauls. You people should all follow me because they should move where the food is. Mr. Freitas? He's right. <laughs> you want to join I, this? I, 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 can, I can understand that point of view, but it, in the reality is different. Uh, they're... There, you know, I, I do understand the caller's uh, objection to uh, and, and, and similarities to what happened in the past, but there are a lot of things, uh, you know, haven't changed since. Technology does not uh, overcome the fact that uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, distressed individuals that, you know, as you mentioned at the beginning of your of your uh, your call, was. Uh, climate change. Climate change is also affecting a number of different places around the world, which is beginning to cause a shortage of food in different places around the world. Hence the reason we have a global migration uh, crisis. This is not something that is unique to the United States of America. This is something that is happening around the globe. So you do, uh, you did touch uh, into a, a subject that it is, in fact, uh, true 
uh, climate, climate change is causing a tremendous amount of people to starve around the world. And again, uh, like you said yourself, you have to move where the food is. Definitely. The United States does, uh, import and produce a significant amount of food that is, that does feed a significant amount of people. And that's a lot of the reasons why, uh, people tend to come and to see the United States as a beacon for immigration. But what is very, um, interesting to note is the number of Americans that are actually leaving the United States and going to and settling in places like Portugal, Spain, the United Arab Emirates, and I can name, uh, three other countries like Singapore, uh, uh, um, uh, Germany and the United Kingdom. Oh, are Reason- they going for tax purposes mostly or are there other? Employers? Some of them for tax purposes, but some of them just looking to, uh, to, to have a, a different, uh, a, a different type of lifestyle, a different, uh, a cheaper lifestyle. Some of them, do not see uh, the cost of living in the United States go, you know, becoming any lower. Um, they, they do not want to see, uh, um, uh what I commonly see in, in clients of, of our firm that I'm moving abroad, uh, as we do both inbound and outbound, uh, immigration. Uh, I, I see a lot of, uh, uh, American clients that want to basically either, uh, you know, be, Able to provide a different type of uh, educational background or lifestyle to their uh, to their children. Uh, they do not want to uh, live in a city where they stumble across, you know, homelessness and, and poverty uh, right at their doorstep. Uh, they, they also don't don't want to see uh, their uh, children living in places where you you can really scale up a lot of rampant. Uh, uh, and, you know, uh, mass shootings and, and, and uh, gun violence mm-hmm. that we see, uh, today. Uh, yeah, yeah, and cool. I was, I was just, ma- I was making a comment with a friend of mine, uh, just yesterday as we were walking out, uh, of a, of a, of a, um, uh, of a Walgreens right here in Washington, D.C. And there was a guy just putting stuff inside a bag, you know, and, and didn't, didn't, and just walked out without, you know, paying. That would never happen in a place like, you know, in a place like Portugal or even forget about it in United Arab Emirates. It's not going to happen at all. And, and I think this is, this is the reason why a lot of people are, are living, you know, living, uh, Americans are living abroad. I do see the, the reason why a lot of people are, want to come to the U.S., but I also see the reason why a lot of Americans want to move out of the United States. No. I think there's a combination of both things there. Now, caller, I'm going to move on to another call. Is there anything you want to observation. add? Observation, 20 seconds, may I? Yes, please. Okay. Please. In my observation of seeing the immigrants and on television and actually walking by 45th Street in the Roosevelt Hotel, most of them are black, I am assuming, from Africa. They all have cell phones. They all have, some of them have designer sneakers. And your guest talks about a skill set. What kind of repression and threats are they under if they got skill sets? Can you please answer that? And also, who is Absolutely. paying this gentleman? How does he earn his living uh, to support them, to support them, to support this effort? Okay, thank okay. you for your so, call. All right, so to answer your question, uh, yes, there, there are a number of migrants that do have spe- uh, specialized skills that it could have come to the United States legally with visas that are available for people with specialized skill set. The fact that people have cell phones, cell phones are extremely cheap nowadays, in, in case you didn't know, uh, it, and it is widely available everywhere. Uh, it's not, and designer uh, sneakers can be, uh, faked and you can buy in, in a number of places, especially in Africa. You, if you've ever been, uh, and I suggest you do, uh, as I've been many times to Africa, uh, uh, there you, you, you will find knockoffs of designer brands in many, uh, uh, street, uh, street markets around Africa. So it's not a, it, uh, you know, a designer brand uh, doesn't make the fact that it's actually real. Uh, it, you, it may look real, but it's not. Uh, and, and technically speaking, you, you will say that uh, 10 times out of 10, all, all they're wearing, it's knockoffs. 
uh, because they, they want to look apart. They want to be able to look smart. They want to be able to, to impress because they want to, they want to get the best chance and you want to address to impress. I interview, uh, uh, these clients and we do have a number of pro bono cases that we've done literally hundreds of pro bono cases that we do for a lot of, of migrants. It's not a matter of, of, of what I or, or my firm gets paid for, for the services. Um, we do uh, offer pro bono cases and for a number of clients that would come to us in different circumstances, including those uh, uh, that arrive at the border uh, in those types of prices. Uh, let, let's try to sneak another call in here. BAI, you're on the air. Uh, good afternoon. Hi. Um, I think that without doubt, Mayor Adams is a very stupid man because to a great extent, he, he asked for this problem. He asked for illegals to come to New York. And, and of course, of course, Biden is primar- has been primarily at fault because he has not enforced the immigration laws in the United States, which prohibit people from coming illegally, sneaking in uh, without the documentation. Uh, and uh, now contrast that, for example, with Switzerland, where not one person who gets there Ill- illegally can stay. They just have, they're out. And that's the difference between a country that's very well run and our country, which at least the past few couple of years in this administration has been extremely poorly run to cause this problem. And in New York State, the laws and New York City are for people, primarily for people that are New Yorkers that have financial or health problems, for them to to be able to get a place to stay. It was never intended for for people coming across the border like this, not at all. I can see how you're going to vote in the next election. Excuse me? I can see how you're going to vote in the next election. Anyone who has any brains... We'll, we'll, we'll certainly not want this administration to continue. Oh, and you, well, I don't want to get into whether. Uh, I, I think I think I think the caller the caller makes a point of you know New Yorkers, uh, and I would like to, to ask the caller: Who do you qualify as New Yorkers? People that were either born in New York, who have lived in New York legally for for for. Some period of time. Okay. You may ask where your grandfather was born. My my grandfather was born in the United States. Mm-hmm. And in New York City, not a son of immigrants himself. No, but his father was not born in the United States. Of course, because it, it, it give me it give me your hungry, your poor, and hurdle masses. This is our motto. This is our motto as a country. You know. Uh, uh, yes, it doesn't matter if that's been misinterpreted in this instance. Now, how how so? Uh, how how misinterpreted is when we are uh, when we are responsible for policing the world? We are responsible for responsible for policing the world. That, well, that's what that that's but that's that's what that's what we've been doing for for you know centuries. That's what we've been doing with that by. Being a superpower comes with, with responsibilities and comes with also, uh, with some, uh, you know, with, you know, uh, with, with some, uh, this bravado doesn't go, you know, just because you want to call yourself a, a superpower, you know, there are, there are responsibilities that come with it as well. Uh, you know, just disengage in a number of wars, foreign wars. Yeah. President George Washington said to avoid foreign entanglements. Yeah, well, that and was a long time ago. The United yeah, and we, we haven't evolved since. What, what did you say, Mr. Friedman? Uh, I, it, we haven't evolved since. We have evolved. You know, it's like it's like the same the same story. I, you know, it's the same story. You, people can blame all they want and 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 in in people uh, of. 
you know, and it comes down to, to the very basic aspect of this thing. You cannot blame somebody for wanting to live a better life. Everybody wants to live a better life. Everybody wants to go somewhere, wants to be somewhere where they can, you know, have a better chance, have a family, you know, raise their children, uh, in safety, uh, be able to live a harmonious life. And this is something that is innate of human nature. This has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, whether or not there's a policy in place from administration A, B, or C, or party A or party B. There's nothing to do with that. It's about human nature. This is about people. This is about quality of life. This is about escaping hunger, escaping famine, escaping political dictatorship, escaping issues that are far beyond the comprehension of anybody who's been you know, comfortably living in, in, in the constructs of the Upper East Side. You know, it's not, it just, and for two, gen, two or three generations. It, and I can understand how this can be unfathomable for somebody who has the comforts of living in it. It doesn't understand why somebody would come from either, you know, from anywhere that is so, uh, you know, that, that is so, uh, far removed from the one's, one's reality in New York City because they want what's best. So you don't want you don't want people to come to the U.S. Stop doing Hollywood movies saying that people saying that uh, you know the, that uh, you know America is the best place in the world. That simple. I was going to say this is WBAI New York ninety nine point five FM and streaming live at WBAI dot org. open their arms to the young searching Return to my conversation with Leonardo Fritas, Chairman and Managing Director of Heyman Woodward Law Firm, LLP, and, and also our listener calls in just a moment. But uh, first, I, I just want to remind our listeners that WBAI has been going through a rough time, and most public radio stations have right now, and we're asking you to give us a show of support. How about Becoming a BAI buddy for five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five dollars a month, uh, as long as you wish to do it, and then uh, it allows us to plan for the future. Uh, the number to call, if you want, are willing to pledge, is two one two two zero nine two nine five zero. That's two one two two zero nine twenty nine fifty, or go online to give to WBAI. Dot org, and I return now to our guests. Um, now, uh, uh, I don't know that that kind of threw me off track a little bit that last call because it got very political. Uh, how much of this is a political issue? Well, yes and no is 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 the answer correct that's the answer the correct answer for this question there yes it is a political issue and no it is probably not a political issue in some to a certain extent let me explain there there are laws currently in the United States that have been enacted since 1993 okay that uh allows for people to come to the United States without uh, the need of a sponsor and be able to file for a petition for a green card, a permanent hmm. resident visa, allowing for people to come and live and work legally in the United States. Now, you need to prove a, a certain amount of, uh, you know, uh, of skills and a certain amount of, uh, uh, uh education. Uh, it is widely used by people who does have advanced degrees, but it's also used by people with no degrees. Uh, that have a lot of uh, experience, you know, o- probably over 10 years experience uh, that we see the most uh, cases being approved without any uh, college education whatsoever. What What about people who already have friends and family here? Is that one of the... Well, family migration is something that is very common in every single immigration system in the world. Uh, family unity is the, the fundamental aspect of our uh, human existence. That's the reason why we, we want to thrive as, as humans. We want to be able to, you know, live with our family members and be able to, you know, commune with them. And this is pretty normal. 
right? So uh, I just find it a little bit appalling that people say, well, you know, you shouldn't shouldn't have chain migration with family members. Well, that's exactly what happened, you know, uh, since the first war, second war, and all the other, you know, migration uh, uh, crisis that we've had uh, in the course of years in the United States and everywhere else around the world. So it is uh, very worrisome that we see this kind of uh, um, xenophobic attitude when we are all part of somebody's uh, uh, migration. And my family, just for myself, you know, my ancestors came from Europe and went to uh, live in Latin America for, you know, two generations. Then they came, then I came here. Uh, I I immigrated legally to the United States and then there's, and I used the laws that were available uh, to me. I came to to the United States and did my college degree here, did everything that was done by the book. And exactly the reason why uh, the U.S., does retain a significant amount of talent that goes to school in the United States. That's why they provide green cards for people who do, you know, bachelor's or and uh, advanced degrees like master's, PhDs. That's the reason why the U.S. is always recruiting for, uh, you know, foreign talent. Let's take some more calls. Well, I think okay. the edge, you know. Let's take some more calls. BAI, you're on the air. Yes, hello. How are you guys doing today? Okay, what about you? Well, I have uh, maybe a couple observations. Go ahead. First observation Make it quick because we've got a lot of calls. Okay, my first observation is Native Americans and possibly black Americans are the only Americans that may not be immigrants. You had callers calling up here talking about the, the Americans, but they're immigrants. My other point is, on the political side, if you're calling and you don't like the way the immigration is going, and you know the city needs money, why not get on your Republican law officials about letting some money go from Congress to help New York City instead of complaining about the Democrats? That's my two observations. Okay, Mr. Freitas. I... I I will agree in, uh, in, in great part with the caller. I, I think that is uh, absolutely true. Uh, Native Americans are the, to my point of view, uh, maybe a lot of people don't agree with that, but they are the owners of, the, of this land. Although they were uh, immigrants as well from Asia, but that's a whole yeah, other true. matter. Yeah, yeah ex- exactly. I was going to get to that. Yeah. So, but they are, <laughs> exactly. That was going to be my, 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 my segue point. They are, in fact, immigrants because they, they, they came from Mongolia, from, and from the, the, uh, uh, southern tip of, uh, of Asia and migrated through, you know, through, uh, uh, you know, through the, the tip in Moscow to, to, so tip in Russia all the way down to Alaska and, 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 you know, mm-hmm. the, the, um, the Americas. I think it's just, uh, a little bit naive for us to to think like that. I do understand uh, that uh, African Americans do consider themselves not non-immigrants. I do understand that, but because they were brought here, you know, for the most part in, uh, involuntarily, uh, and I do understand that, and I do uh, agree with that. It is an involuntary migration pattern, uh, but nonetheless, it is also a immigration uh process um and uh and, and this has been discussed and 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 and, and proven uh, uh beyond uh, you know beyond any any reasonable doubt uh that but the fact is i do i will agree will, will wholeheartedly to with the caller that uh you know people should stop complaining and you know get to their you know elected officials whether whichever party they they uh they adhere to uh, to uh, ask for the funding to be released. You know, this is not uh, this is you know if you want to help your city, go to the politicians and tell them you know uh, put pressure in the federal government, put pressure in, in, the, pol- in, in, in the politicians to be able to have a balanced budget. You know, release funds for for emergencies, humanitarian situations as these uh, these are, uh, so that we can cover this crisis. Uh, and in the same ex- expeditious and uh, uh, and hu- and humane uh, manner that we 
responded so swiftly to the fires in Maui? Or is it because uh, we're talking about, you know, migrants, people of color, or uh, uh, that they don't deserve the same uh, the same attention where, where, you know, or the rich folks that are living in, uh, you know, in Maui, uh, in paradise do deserve to have expeditious, uh, uh, you know, uh, response from FEMA. Should I'm we not take saying everybody, every, I'm not saying everybody that was li- that living in, in, in Maui is, is, is well off. It's not true because I've been there many times and I, I do know, I do know the reality there. Uh, Should we take some more calls? Yeah, we can take some more calls. Okay. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. It's you. Hi. Um, So my issue one, uh, anyone that lives in the continent on the side of the Americas is technically not a migrant. That's one. Um, Secondly, um, if those previous callers, not the one that just got off, have a problem with people um, of developing, as it's referred to, countries coming here. One, the United States needs to stop putting embargoes, infringing on their government politics, pay them what their raw materials are worth, stop um, exploiting that factor, okay? So then the people that are coming here that they're so unhappy about um, will stay in their countries, keep their knowledge there, and see how the Americans here function um, with that factor in mind, okay? As far as um, the funding, yes, fine, um, and giving them the right to work, yes, but they also should be told that they should join labor unions so then they can work with the people who actually are working here and not against them, okay? Um, to then force the employers to pay everybody what their time is worth, okay? And also then force our representatives to fix a lot of our um, worker um, inter, um, immigration, migration, work visa stuff that they've been kicking down the can and down the road for more than 50 years plus, okay? That does involve the president we have. And I also would appreciate if people who have other shows do not bring um, people like a Curtis Sweela on to cause chaos in the city. We already have, you know, bad vibes going on. If something worse happens, will he take responsibility for that? Okay? So, yes, thank you for allowing me to speak. Okay, thank you for calling. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello, calling from a distant foreign land, New Jersey. Mm. Okay. What I can say is... Welcome to America. Uh, okay, <laughs> we've been here for th- uh, we're three generations here, um, from Eastern Europe, and thank God we came here before the First World War was what's happened. I want your, your, your um, university interview to comment on what that horrible, terrible, horrible background generations has done over a million Syrians who are refugees in their country and got them social support, education, jobs, and everything else. I'm talking about Germany. My goodness, most of the people who went from Syria... Caller, get close to your phone. You're coming in and out. Okay. All I can say is that the Ger- Germany under Chancellor Merkel took in over a million people who were mostly the result of, of um, climate change. That's why so many of the farmers left Syria to go to Europe. They did the right thing, and uh, Chancellor Merkel is a hero. All I can say is, is about, let's see, four years ago, in New Jersey, coming back from work in New York, there was a young couple sitting behind me on the bus, and they were speaking a language I had knew and which in a language I didn't know. The first one was German, because I had worked in Germany for a couple of years. And finally, I turn around and say, excuse me, uh, where are you from? Well, we're, from here from Sy- uh, we're here from Syria. Where did you live before that? We lived in Germany for a few years. And I said, wow, what, what a journey you've, you've been on. Yes, and we just got here a few days ago. They were speaking the language of Jesus, Aramaic. And I said to you, where were you in Germany? We were in Frankfurt. 
And I said, where were you from originally? Aleppo. And they said to me, literally, we're grateful to Mrs. Merkel because, because of her and the policies of the German government, we are still alive. How many of these people now here in New York and in America have come from places of repression and also of, of climate problems? A little mercy here, folks. Come on. Thank you for your uh, call. It, it, is, it, it is definitely a, uh, as we usually see in these situations, you know, it does bring out uh, some of the worst in people, but it also, it, it does bring out the best in people, like the, you know, I love the attitude of this of this caller. Uh, you know, it, it's just this is what we are, this is what this country is made of. You know, I saw I I I I was uh, I was in uh, in New York City during the World Trade Center attacks, and we saw the best of people uh, coming together to unite a city that was absolutely uh, in uh, in shambles. Uh, and after what happened and i i did i did see a unity that i haven't seen since you know i did see a unity of people coming together in this which was again a humanitarian crisis and it was something that united us all we didn't care if the person you know uh you know if the person was you know from another country there was some confusion about you know ethnicities and things like that and religion but at the end of the day as new yorkers we all came together and we put we put our you know our game face on and we said you know you don't mess with the city you don't mess with us and that's and that's basically uh the unity that the city needs to have uh, today uh going forward i need to i'm trying to sneak one more call in okay we only have two minutes PAI, you're on the air. Hi, this is Rose from New Jersey. Hi, Rose. A very interesting show, as always. Uh, I'd like to um, address the idea that this Christian nation uh, is so interested in keeping up the whole business of imperialism and, you know, we, we, we create all these wars around the world and, you know, engage in all kinds of craziness, both uh, in the war sense and in the, in the uh, ecological sense. It's very, very sad that um, the first caller was carrying on about this current governor, uh, current president, when the last president had built golf courses and had not paid the uh, individuals who were uh, here as migrants. Um, it's a very exploitive situation, and uh, you know we we proud pride ourselves on how kind and wonderful we are. Yes, many of us are, and, and those of us who have the privilege of traveling and interfacing with other individuals are not undone by the amount of talent that shows up at our doorsteps. Thank you. Okay, do you want to respond? Yes, I I do agree that there is uh, you know this sense of entitlement from. A lot of people, but America has done some bad things, but it's also done some very good things around the world. And we you have to, it's not necessarily a, a sense of imperialism, but it is also uh, uh, a duty that uh, it is imposed upon uh, the United States uh, uh, because of the fact that you know, as a superpower and uh, a beacon from uh, immigrants around the world and beacon of responsibility for uh, uh, being the referee uh, across many uh, crises, you know, it does come uh, with that uh, duty in order to, but uh, to enforce We it. only have one minute left. Uh, the, the crisis is not an American crisis. It's a New York crisis. And uh, we're not seeing others come through, although I, I gather that the governor is now saying she, that we may get some help from Albany. But this suddenly becomes a very local thing, and governors of Florida and Texas bus immigrants to northern cities. So uh, it's, it's a weird kind of thing. They all come to look for America, but they wind up, finding out that America is not one thing. Exactly. Anyway, I would thank you so much for being on our show today, and I thank all the callers. I've been speaking with Leonardo Fritas, the Chairman and Managing Director of Heyman Woodward Law Firm, LLP, um, and they are experts on immigration policy. It's been a pleasure.
Pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. And that brings us to the end of the show. If you'd like to check out more of our one-hour interviews on one subject, you can access our archive of over 800, maybe 900 shows now at WBAI.org or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are available. You can also find links to our past shows at LeonardLopateAtLarge.com. Right now, I need to ask you to consider stepping up and supporting WBAI as we struggle to stay afloat during these difficult times. We're asking all of our listeners who haven't taken that step already to make a tax-deductible contribution at whatever level they're comfortable with by going online to give to WBAI.org or by calling 212-209-2950 right now to keep the unique in-depth content we bring you on this show coming to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. That's 212-209-2950 or give and then the number 2 WBAI.org and you might also consider calling those numbers or going online to become a sustaining member what we call a BAI buddy for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 dollars a month uh, it allows us to plan for the future and you can stop whenever you wish but uh, it really does help us and we're offering a WBAI tote bag to everyone who signs up to become a BAI buddy for $10 a month or more. But either way, we hope that you'll call right now because BAI relies 100% on listener donations. We don't take ads or foundation grants, which allows us to be free speech, completely free speech radio. Uh, don't forget to make that tax-deductible contribution in the name of Leonard Lopez at large and from all of the station. Thank you, and we hope you'll join us tomorrow when Jonathan Taplin will discuss his book, The End of Reality. We'll see you then. <laughs>